With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Edge Rush, the Hammer Betting Network show where we break down every single game on the NFL board. I am your host, Eric Pauly, and as always on the Edge Rush show, I am honored to be paired with two professional sports bettors, TA from cleveanalytics.com, as well as Hitman. Hitman, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's busy uh, on Wednesday nights. Now we got NBA, we got college basketball, we got um, college football going on, NFL, hockey, which I don't dabble much with, but it's a busy time of year. And how was your week 10? You know what? I, I, I talk about this a lot with um, NFL. On sides and totals, it's tough to win. But typically, like on prop markets, if you have a ton of outs and, and all that, you're able to just get such good numbers that you, you can't really give it out. But you, you're able to get such good numbers on stuff that it makes it hard to lose that many weeks, honestly, when, when you just have – all those outs and options and you're playing a receiver that's seven yards off market at one shop and, and all that stuff. But it was actually one of my worst weeks I've had in like the last three years, to be honest, lost on props, uh, sides and totals. I've about broke even live betting. Wasn't great. So got to get the focus back for this week. Certainly habits to the best of us. Of course, uh, of course, love the transparency as well from you Hitman. T.A., how you doing? Of course, we did the day-to-day show breaking down the injuries yesterday, but now we're talking the full slate. What's going on, T.A.? Not much. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was lamenting yesterday about how just kind of it wore me out dealing with the whole Josh Allen elbow uh, situation last week. Just every day, so, you know, look, you know, refreshing news and getting DMs and DMing people, and and then dealing with that, and then now this week, I feel like. Maybe because I'm a Browns fan, I'm feeling it more. But the uh, snowgate uh, with uh, how you know how many feet of snow they're going to get in Buffalo is that going to affect the total? Me and Hitman have gone back and forth on DM about this total too. I mean, we could talk about it, but it's like uh, last week it was the the injury stuff, and this week it's the weather report. So it's like it's it <laughs> kind of wears on you after a while. Sometimes you just want to you know break up break down the matchups and the games more than you know information. But uh, that's that's the way you gain an edge. So um, all good. But uh, I'm uh, interested in, in talking about some of these matchups for sure. Yes, yeah, certainly. We'll put a pin in that Browns-Bills game. We'll get to that shortly. And we are going to start with Thursday night football. The Tennessee Titans headed to Green Bay to take on the Packers. The Packers, of course, won that must-win game against the Cowboys on Sunday, coming back down 14. And the Tennessee Titans, despite their plethora of injuries across their entire team, continue to find ways to win game opened with a total of 40 and a half a spread of three now sitting at total around 41 41 and a half spread still sitting three three and a half some shops that's green bay minus the three and a half or the three we'll start with you here ti what are you thinking about this matchup yeah so i hit the under uh 42 and a half i think it was on monday or tuesday 
uh, early in the week. And, um, you know, I think at 41, we're getting kind of the number where I'm not sure there's a ton of value. But um, it, to me, this is just a matchup that you have the two slowest teams in the NFL. Uh, Titans are 32nd in pace. Green Bay's 31st. Uh, we obviously know what the Titans want to do. They want to run the ball like crazy, and they're going to do it a lot against a pretty uh, poor run defense with the Packers. And, you know, they're not going to throw the ball a lot. And the other side of the ball, we saw that Aaron Rodgers is – he's being used more of just as a play-action guy. It's – it's you know, they, they ran the ball a ton against Dallas, and I'm guessing they're going to do something similar this week. Um, you know, they ran the ball 39 times against Dallas to just 20 pass attempts, but then they mixed in those deep shots – so I think you'll see a similar game plan against the Titans. And so uh, that along with the, you know, the, the cold weather at Lambeau, uh, it's not going to really be, you know, terrible wind or snow or anything, but it's cold. And so, you know, I just think it just lends itself to a low scoring game. And then the Titans just, I feel like they can line up 11 kids from high school and Mike Vrabel can, can win a game at this point on defense. I mean, they, it doesn't matter who's in there. They continue to dominate and, you know, they, you know, I think they've got a good shot at holding down this this Packers offense. I'm not convinced that they're quote unquote back, uh, and I think it's a short week off of OT game. Um, you know, some guys are still banged up. There's a lot of questionable guys along that O line. Uh, even Aaron Rodgers has that you know uh, thumb issue. So you know, there's there's reasons to like this under here. I mean, the, the Titans have held seven straight opponents to under their team total, um, and they haven't allowed more than 22 points in a single game this season, except for that, you know, that Buffalo debacle in week two, but otherwise they've held um, their opponents to 20 or less in six straight games. So, you know, I I feel pretty confident that they'll have a good game plan here. And I just uh, expect a more, um, you know, lower scoring affair. I'm not going to touch the side here. Uh, I think, you know, three is the right number, but it sounds like it looks like it's, it's trending up a little bit to three and a half. So uh, it looks like the Packers are are getting some money here. Yeah, it's certainly a very interesting game of the Packers last week. You know the Titans are going to rely on King Henry in that run game for sure, especially considering the Packers' defense. Talk to me, Hitman. What are you seeing in this game? I thought T.A. broke it down pretty good. I mean, I lean towards the, the under, just as he said, the teams are so slow-paced. And, you know, I do this once a week. Once a week, I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the game as much. I'll talk about my specialty, which is props. And here's a prop I wanted to run by T.A. We just spoke about how slow these teams play. And what's one thing that we've seen with Green Bay in recent weeks is they are running the heck out of the ball. Against Buffalo, they're down two scores, still running. Against Dallas, Aaron Rodgers, I think he had, I'm going to look right now, 20 pass attempts or something like that. And they ran the ball with Jones and Dillon 30 times or so. And I know the Detroit game, Rodgers had more passing volume, but remember Aaron Jones got hurt in that game and they were trailing in that game for most of the second half. So I I think it sets up as a game with two slow paced teams. We know Tennessee's going to bleed clock. And I think green Bay, even though the strength is Titans defense is their run game run defense. I think that green Bay is going to look to run too. So Aaron Rodgers under 22 and a half completions, 245 passing yards. I thought that was worth a bet in, in this game. Yeah, the interesting thing is the Titans' run defense is really good. Number one in, in uh, success rate, number one adjusted line yards on defense, number two in yards per uh, or yards before contact. So, you know, the only um, question mark I have, uh, I think they're going to th- run it a lot too. But you know, if they start kind of running into a brick wall, are they just going to um, you know, put? 
put that aside and, and start to throw the ball again. It's not like the Titans have a great pass defense. They do allow a lot of deep shots, but I think from a volume standpoint, you're probably right. Um, I don't know what the Aaron Jones number is. He's he's questionable too, is he not? I, I don't know if he's fully cleared yet, but um, you know that that is something to, uh, that would be interesting. And I think the Jeffrey Simmons injury, he's he's questionable too. He didn't play last week, but it sounds like he's practicing a little bit. So that might be um, kind of the if he is out again, that might be a, a, a way for for Jones and Dylan to get some more carries. Yeah, certainly agree with what you guys are saying. To fact. Check Hitman, yes, Aaron Rodgers had 20 attempts, 14 completions against the Cowboys, and threw actually 11.2 yards per attempt, which is a great number. And we'll see what he can do against this Tennessee Titans defense that is more stout on the run and uh, should definitely be an exciting Thursday night game. I don't know about in terms of fireworks, but two, uh, you know, pretty solid teams going at it. But headed to the first game on the Sunday slate, we have the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield set to make the start against his old divisional rival. Total opened up high at 45 and a half, and now I'm seeing 41, 41 and a half, and 42s across the board. Spread was 12 and a half, seeing 13, some 13 and a half, mostly across the board. We'll start with you here, TA. What are you seeing in this Panthers-Ravens game? Uh, n- nothing nothing for me on either side or total. Uh, you know, I got caught once with taking the Panthers uh, against the Bengals a few weeks ago. It was probably my worst bet in the last two years. Um, that was a horrible one. You know, I think Baker Mayfield, although he hasn't been great, he definitely is an upgrade, I think, over P.J. Walker. When you look at the totality of his career, he's, he's just a better quarterback. He can actually make some plays down the field. I don't know. This Ravens defense really impressed me before their bye against the Saints, you know, adding uh, Roquan Smith. They got back, um, you know, Justin Houston a couple of weeks ago. You know, they're starting to really add up some things on defense. They're getting healthy. Uh, they might – uh, bringing in uh, David Ajabo, their, their uh, rookie out of Michigan who was sitting with a, an Achilles injury. So, you know, they're getting a bunch of reinforcements. I'm not sure I want to back Baker um, against this uh, aggressive defense necessarily. So, you know, for now, I'm just going to sit it out. Um, you know, I'm not sure the Ravens have a ton of offense, uh, you know, enough offense to really cover a 13 number. But I, I know to me, you know, this is a, just a game that I'm just going to sit out for now. Yeah, certainly understand that number is high, but I'm not in a position to where I'm running to the booth to put in a ticket on the Panthers, even though it is 12, 13 points. What about you, Hitman? Anything that's sticking out to you from either a side total prop perspective? I'm with TA about, I mean, Baltimore, their wide receivers are the absolute worst in the NFL, I would say. And TA, how many times have I said about a team this year? I'm like, oh, they have the worst wide receivers in the league. Remember, I was saying it about the Bears at the start of the year. I, then I was saying the it Giants, about the yeah, <laughs> now Yeah, now I'm saying, all right, well, the Ravens have the worst wide receivers. But I, I know Andrews might come back in this game. I mean, you'd have to think, though, if he isn't 100%, that you hold him out in a game where you're 13-point favorites. But – Again, I, I just think that to be able to cover this type of margin, you you got to have more explosiveness in, in your offense than, than what the Ravens, as currently constructed, have for, for me to lay this big of a price. So for me, it, it ends up being a pass. Yeah, I totally understand. Not a lot of appealing, not a lot of appeal on the Ravens and certainly not on the Panthers either. So of course, always okay to pass on a game. Never force any action unless you have an edge. So, going to take a you know 
take a take a, a pass on that game. But now going to the snow game in Buffalo, we're expecting a crazy amount of snow. We obviously will see what ends up happening. But the Buffalo Bills hosting the Cleveland Browns total opened at 47 and a half, spread nine and a half, and that total has dropped all the way down to 41 and a half and 42 at some shops. Um, the spread as well has dropped to seven, eight, seven and a half, eight and a half. Even it's it's all over the board here. We'll go back to you right now, TA. Uh, you can open it up with your Browns. Talk to me. I know you you mentioned like the under, of course, of the weather at first, but now this number has come down so much. Um, what do you think about this game? Yeah, you know it's funny. I had I had forty seven and a half in my queue on uh, was it Monday? I think it was Monday, Monday night, and I just for some reason just decided not to click on it. Just I. I I didn't think from what I saw with the weather report that there wasn't a ton of wind and I'm dealing with Josh Allen. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to lay off. I thought the number would move, but I wasn't positive. And so I just said, you know, what? I'm just going to lay off and check it out the next day. And I wake up and the thing was already pounded down to like 45 and Hitman DM me said, I got some of that. And it went down even more. And then, you know, it's down to what, 41, 41 and a half now, just a couple of groups just continue to pound that thing to, to oblivion. And I'm, I'm actually waiting for, I'm not sure when I'll do it, but I'm waiting for a re-entry point on the over here. I don't think it's as bad. Okay. Here's how I look at it. You know, if it's as bad as everybody's saying, they're probably going to move the game because it's, you know, you got to have fans there. You got to be able to get the team, you know, the Browns there and how are you going to do it? If it's like the blizzard of the century, you know, whatever it is. Um, And so your bet's not going to, it's going to be canceled anyway, right? Because you're going to be change of venue, change of time or whatever. On the other side, if it's not as bad as everybody's saying, then 41 is a horrible number. So, you, you know, you, it's, especially with these two teams, this run game with the Browns and then obviously with Josh Allen, uh, you know, that you're kind of dead in the water at that point. So I'm not sure uh, there's any value at all taking the under here. I think you could only look at the over. I mean, if you're sitting on 47 and a half or 47 or even, you know, 46, it's a nice middle spot now. Um, I, I still think that with the Browns run game and the fact that they get all their explosive plays from the run game and you have an advantage when you're the offense and you're run, you know, you're running with the football and, you know, you can make cuts because you know where you're going and the defenders don't, you know, there could be a bunch of big runs in this game, especially for the Browns. And that's going to keep them in it. And the other side of the ball with Josh Allen, I mean, he can just, he'll just run the ball 20 times and he's impossible to tackle. And so, and with his arm, he can cut through any sort of wind. So I don't think that's an issue. And they're used to playing in this weather. So I think there's going to be a lot of points unless, because, because what I've seen from the weather report is going to be a lot of snow before, you know, the days leading up to the game and then even maybe after, but during the game, it doesn't, as of now, there doesn't seem to be any snow uh, forecasted. So I think the field will be clean enough. And it's just a matter of how windy it is. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about 20 mile an hour winds, gusts in the thirties, Again, it's not going to affect Josh Allen, but you know, it would affect Joko- Jacoby Brissett. But I think the Browns would just run the ball on a mediocre run defense. So, you know, long-winded that I think if you're looking at the side, um, you would lean the Browns just because it's the lower total game and you know their run game. Uh, but I think the over has got some merit here soon. I just don't know exactly when, but I think we're we're getting close there. So uh, I'm gonna keep an eye on it and make sure I, I uh, uh, monitor all the weather conditions and they may end up moving this game and it won't matter, but um, you know, that's what I'm looking at with this game. Yeah, very yeah. interesting. Talk it, to me. Hitler. It's funny because TA was saying how on Monday night, 
So yeah, I had it queued up and I was looking to bet it and I ended up not doing it. I had the same thing. I had it. I, I was talking to one of my partners and I was like, yo, uh, we, we got to bet this Buffalo game under 47, the weather. And we're talking it through. And I was like, you know what? I've been burned on some weather stuff in the past few weeks. Let's just wait to Tuesday and see what the forecast says. And instead, what I did is I was spending the whole night betting the college football game in Buffalo on Saturday. I was betting that under 53, 52 and a half. And it looks like that Saturday, that's going to be the good bet, where Saturday it's right. still going to be snowing and all that. And that that was the best bet to make. Um, as far as the Sunday game goes, I did bet the next day under 45 and a half. And even though it's saying that the snow should clear up, by the time game time is, I mean, the winds, no joke with, with 20 mile per hour winds, 35 mile per hour gusts, possibly. I, I, I know that um, Josh Allen does have a strong arm and can, but, but it's still, it, it's not a, it's not a benefit to, to, to have that type of weather. So I think that if the true total was 47, let's say no weather at all, the, the the wind probably worth, I'd say it could be worth anywhere from two to three points. So now we're looking at a six point adjustment. So, you know, even though I played under 45 and a half, I think I, I, I did play back some over 41 today. Um, over 41 and a half is still available. Again, I could be talking on this podcast right now recommending, hey, play over 41 and a half. And by the time you listen to it on Thursday, the weather could completely change and it could be a, it could be a terrible bet. So you got to make sure that you're on top of that. But with the information that we currently have, where it's looking like no snow on Sunday and the wind 20 mile per hour in the thirties for gusts, I think that the total has been a little over adjusted. So yeah, I think that over 41 and a half is a decent bet, but you have to monitor the weather. Yeah, no, and I will say, as a Browns fan, you know, last week, you know, the Browns defense quit halfway through that game. They were just there. There's if you watch any of the the cutups in the film, I mean, they they flat out quit. They got absolutely pushed around by a bad Miami run game, and so I mean, even with all that, there, there's a there's scenarios where they just give up here if they go down early, and just you have Josh Allen just running all over them, and they're using Naheem Hines and. You know, and and the Bills score their typical forty points on their own. Like there are, like if there is, there's one team you do not want to be facing with an under, you know, so low like this, it's the Bills. So there, there's there are plenty of scenarios. Like this isn't like a matter of you're playing, you know, Kirk Cousins or Case Keenum or guys with like really weak arms where they just have no option to, you know, but to to run the ball with their running backs. I mean, the, Josh Allen can either throw through it or he can just you know, run the ball himself and pick up chunk yards. So that's what would scare me here by being, you know, by holding an under ticket. So I think it's smart if you got in early just to get a position and just to get a middle. But in terms of just sitting on the ticket, I I, I would be worried no matter what this number is. And the fact that, you know, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, like they can create big plays just in the run game. I mean, you're talking about the fourth highest explosive uh, run rate in the NFL. The Bills are 25th in, in giving up explosive runs. A normal, you know, normal track. So, you know, we could see a lot of points, even if there's a lot of running here. So uh, it'll be an interesting game, uh, no doubt. But, uh, you know, that that's what I'm looking at. I'm just monitoring it and, you know, I'll step in probably at some point here with this over. 
yeah, the moral of the story here is that the scam is in Mother Nature's hands. So we shall see what ends up happening there. Of course, something to monitor that weather going on in Buffalo. But now moving to a matchup that actually intrigues me a ton, the Indianapolis Colts hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, the Eagles are finally not undefeated anymore, but they still played a solid game against the Commanders. There was those non-calls and some penalties and things that kind of threw the Eagles off. Then the Colts, on the other hand, coming off that win against the Raiders with Jeff Saturday, of course, everybody expected disaster on the field against Las Vegas, but the the Colts came out victorious. Uh, We'll start with you, Hitman. What are you thinking about this game? I like the Colts plus seven. And um, one of the big handicaps is that finally Jonathan Taylor, you know, he had that ankle sprain. And you've seen a lot of seasons from skill position players get derailed by high ankle sprains and they just never get fully healthy. And, but Jonathan Taylor, I mean, last week, I mean, absolutely destroys the Raiders. I know he was clocked on the GPS as having like 20, 21 mile per hour uh, ball carrier speed. So, I mean, he looks good. And Matt Ryan, it, it can't be understated how big of an upgrade it is to get Matt Ryan over Ellinger. I mean, Ellinger's last start against the the Patriots they had something like three yards per play in that game, which was one of the lowest yards per play in the past few years. So, I mean, it, it's it's just a huge upgrade. And you look at the Eagles, and now they're finally starting to have some injuries. I think uh, it was Josh Sweat that got hurt in the Monday night game. Uh, A.J. Brown was gimpy. Devontae Smith was gimpy. Jason Kelsey came off the field limping a little bit. Uh, Dallas Goddard is now on IR. Jordan Davis has been injured for a while. And without Jordan Davis on the field this year, the Eagles are 31st in success rate on running back carries. And we've seen the past few weeks without him there. I mean, Damian Pierce ran through this defense. Uh, Washington ran through this defense. So I think the, the combo of Taylor now looking to be fully healthy, as well as this run defense struggling and the big upgrade that you have at quarterback for the Colts, I think at plus seven, it's a little short. I would have been uh, closer to six and a half, which is what the line was uh, earlier today. So, yeah, give me give me Indy. Uh, anything uh, at a touchdown or higher. Gotcha. Yeah, you disagree. Yeah, and here's a case of Hitman being much smarter than me with this. So we uh, this is another conversation we had. <laughs> I think it was on Monday afternoon. I know he was on uh, the Colts at seven and a half. This was seven and a half or eight at that point. No, it, it, and was, I, you know, it was nine at one point, T.A., and, which I could yeah. not understand. Yeah, and I you know, I saw that initially, and I, that was one of, that popped up was, you know, the Colts are like, that's just too high. And I said, well, you know what? There's no point in taking that now. I mean, if they're going to if they're going to beat Washington and you know potentially blow them out, win by double, double digits, this could get 10. You know, this might hit 10, you know, mm-hmm. nine and a half, 10. You know, why would I take eight and a half or whatever it was at that point? It, it doesn't make much sense. So I said, you know, I'm just going to wait till after this game. And when it reopens tomorrow, I'll, I'll just take the Colts at a better number. And then, you know, like an idiot, uh, I look, I look, I got some egg on my face because they they lose that game outright and reopens. And now it's sitting at six and a half. So I, I missed the I missed the number. Um, and I just think, yeah, I mean, Hitman mentioned it. All, all the it's a good matchup for the Colts. Eagles banged up short week. You know, I I, uh, I think there's so much. I mean, the, the difference between Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger is, is pretty huge. Um, you know, I know people say it's only a point or two. I, I think that's crazy. Anybody's watched those two guys play. Um, I, I think they're going to lean on on Taylor and 
Um, I think it's going to be a much closer game. I, I think the, the, you know, the Eagles have struggled a little bit on the road. We saw the Cardinals game came down to the wire. Um, they didn't play great against Houston on that Thursday night. So, you know, they've laid a couple of, you know, not say lay, lay eggs, but they weren't great in, you know, some dominant team. So I, I think that uh, this is probably still good enough to play here. Uh, might be worth just taking a sprinkle on the money line too at this at this number uh, for for the Colts. But I, I definitely think they're live. Their defense is really good. I mean, this is one of the best defenses that the Colts or the uh, the Eagles will have faced this year. So um, you know, I, I think this is in line to be a really tight game. So plenty of value here, I think, uh, on the Colts. Certainly. So we have Hitman and TA agreeing that the Colts are looking like a play. Um, we are some sevens available, so obviously if you like the Colts, try to find that seven and take it. But moving on to the team that beat the Eagles on Monday night to break the undefeated season, the Washington Commanders headed to Houston to take on the, of course, abysmal Texans, who over the last month have resembled closer to a high school football team than a professional football team. Uh, this spread is sitting at three, three and a half at most shops. The total looking a little low, in my opinion, at 40 and a half, uh, 41 at some shops. We'll start with you, T.A. Uh, you mentioned before the show briefly you like the Texans, and I'm very curious to hear why. <laughs> yeah, and that's those are never words you want to, uh, you know, uh, say with your own your own mouth. But, um, yeah, I, I'm on the Texans here at three and a half. I think this is, you know, a classic, you know, um, spot to, to fade Washington. And, look, I, I've, you know, I've talked many times on the show. I've backed Washington, I think, every week. Um, uh, of this, uh, since Tyler Heineke has taken over, I think except for the Colts game, but I've backed them a lot. I backed them against Green Bay and Minnesota. Um, I was on them against the Eagles, so you know I've been on this this train a lot, and so I like them. They're they're kind of they consistently, you know, what you're going to get out of them, right? They're they're not going to overwhelm you uh, offensively or defensively, but they're they're rock solid, and you kind of know where you're going to get. You're going to get kind of a low variance game. It's going to be close. And so that's why I think getting, you know, over field goal here makes a lot of sense for Houston. But the look ahead here was two and a half because, I, you know, again, I was looking at that Eagles-Colts uh, game uh, on Monday. And I also looked at the Washington game and they were laying two and a half minus 110 before the game. So now, you're, you know, obviously that got pushed up to three and even three and a half, uh, you know, about minus 115 here with with Washington. So I think it's a little bit egregious. I don't think one game. You should be adjusting that much uh, for a team, especially right through a key number of three. So I think from a value perspective, uh, Houston makes a lot of sense. Then just look at the situation. I mean, Washington just coming off of a double digit, uh, a win as a double digit underdog, which alone is if you just faded that uh, historically, you know, you'd hit about 63% since 2000. Um, You know, the team's off a double digit outright win. Uh, 25 and 43 the next week since 2000. Uh, even you know if that team is favored the next next week, it's still only about 40 percent. And the ATS margin in, in those games are about three points per game, so they're you know they're off pretty substantially. And it makes sense, right? Like if you're if you're double digit underdog in general, you're not a good team, or at least you're not a you know you're you're worse than average typically at, at best. Um, and if you win a game like that, usually the next week kind of get over adjusted in the market. Um, and so, you know, that's one good angle is just kind of fading double digit, uh, uh, outright winners. And then the other angle, which is, you know, a lot more rare is these teams that are playing off. Uh, this doesn't happen often. A, a team coming, uh, off of a Monday night road game, like Washington is and playing on the road again, the next week, 
It's only happened one other time this year. That was the Bears after they beat New England on the road in week seven and then got demolished at Dallas the next week. Um, and we see it, I think we saw it the last time before that in 2020 with the Chiefs. It doesn't happen a lot, um, but those teams are only 17 and 24 against the spread the next week, uh, playing back to back road games off of a Monday night. So you got two just pure, you know, good angles that I think make a lot of sense when it comes to rest and situations. I mean, playing two road games in general is tough, but when you're doing it on Monday night uh, as the first leg, that's a really tough spot. And then you're doing it, you know, after winning as a big underdog, you have a tendency to, you know, kind of let down a little bit or, you know, uh, maybe not be as focused, but so just from a pure angle perspective, I think it makes a lot of sense here. And then we saw the, the, commensurate line move that I thought was just too much here. And then, you know, Houston's a lot better at home than they are on the road. And particularly Davis Mills, I've talked about his home and road splits a lot. You know, when he plays on the road, he's literally the worst quarterback in the NFL. But when he plays at home, he's actually the uh, NFL seventh leading passer in QB rating since the beginning of last year uh, in his home games. Uh, he's six in, in yards per attempt and six in TD percentage at home. It's crazy how much better he is when he plays at home for whatever reason. So I feel a lot more comfortable backing Davis Mills at home because I think they could they could keep up from a points perspective. And it's not as if the, the Washington, you know, the Washington, it's one thing to get them as an underdog. But, you know, when you have to get them as a favorite and lay you know, an actual number over a key number of three, you know, that's a lot harder to cover uh, in this league. So, you know, I, I think I, I like um, the the situation. I think the matchup's okay. You know, uh, Washington is a great run team. They're not going to overwhelm you. And that's the, the weakness of the, the Houston defense is stopping the run. So I don't think that it's something that they can't, you know, um, hold down. And I just don't know if the Washington offense is good enough to be laying that many points. Like I get easy to see this game be a 17, 16, you know, 19, 17 type of game. Like Washington might win, but even covering um, uh, that, you know, they can win and not cover too. Like that's, that's still an option here, but I think Houston definitely makes us a game. Totally. Hey man, what are you thinking? Yeah, not much I could add. Um, I make the game three and a half, but that's, all things considered equal. I, I do think that the situation, maybe let's say it's worth a half point, especially when, when you're going through uh, two from three and a half to three, let's say it's worth a half point. I mean, I, I lean towards Houston, but probably does not end up making my card. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. Uh, Carson Wentz is healthy, but the commanders are rolling with Heineke. He has uh, done some good things for this team and very interesting to see what's going to play out there. Moving to another game that I'm very intrigued in, the New England Patriots hosting the New York Jets. Both these teams coming off a bye last week, but when these teams faced off not too long ago, Bill Belichick did Bill Belichick things, aligned his defense, and forced Zach Wilson to look like the Zach Wilson of last year where, you know, there's a reason why uh, the Jets offense tries to limit his passing uh, as much as possible, especially when playing against a great defense and a great defensive coordinator. But if I'm not mistaken, the look ahead on this game was the Patriots minus five and a half, and now it is three and a half, uh, three in some shops. Very low total, of course, because both of these teams make their bones defensively and offensively have their issues. We'll start with you here, Hitman uh, Patriots Jets. Where are you looking to find value? Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the look ahead because a lot of times people will mention, they'll be like, oh, well, the look ahead isn't very efficient 
at, because of the limits. And I do see that perspective that you're not getting like the whales of the whales that are betting look ahead lines. But I mean, you can get down pretty decent sized bets. Like I know you can, if somebody really wanted to, they could get down five figure bets uh, if you go shop to shop on the look ahead lines. And for a lot of people, that's a, a pretty good fill. And um, so, so the, I know the, the, the Jets were a team that I was betting on that look ahead line. I thought that five and a half, five, four and a half was just a bad number. And it was mostly because it was a handicap against the Patriots offense. The last times or last two times we've seen them on the field with Mac Jones playing the whole game, they were not impressive at all offensively against the Colts and against the Jets. I mean, I was on the Patriots that game and I was pretty relieved because down 10-3, Mac Jones throws that horrible pick six. I mean, if there wasn't a roughing the passer call on it, the Patriots probably lose that game. So for me, I just have a hard time with New England laying laying many points at all right now. So I the, it ended up being a pass. I mean, the reason I have a tough time taking the Jets – it's just the fact that two weeks ago you could have got the Jets plus three at home, and now you're getting them plus three on the road. But I think that adjustment, that some of that adjustment's been warranted to, to where this is probably close to a fair price. So it, it ends up being a pass for me. But um, in general, I'm just not running to the window to lay many points right now with the New England Patriots offense until they show me something different. Totally understood. Tia, you feeling similarly or are you looking at this game differently? No, I mean, I think the it, it makes a lot of sense. I was on that New England too uh, on the road a couple of weeks ago. And it's, yeah, if you're, if you're laying three on the road with New England, uh, how could it only be three at home? <laughs> three, three and a half doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I think the perception of the Jets is still really high after that Buffalo game. Um, and I think that the Patriots are kind of winning in spite of Mac Jones and that offense. So I think that's what's spooking some people. But look, at the same time, you're talking about that the Patriots are the number one EPA defense in the NFL, and their they're only two, I would call, poor outings were against unique running quarterbacks in uh, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. Outside of that, they've dominated everybody on defense. And so it's, you know, Zach Wilson, they, they've got their num- his number, and it's not going to change. Like, there's no doubt in my mind it's not going to change. So the the if you're backing the Jets, you're just – hoping for extremely low scoring game. You're hoping for a random explosive player to uh, you're hoping for uh, the defense to turn over Mac Jones, which is very possible. That's, that's a potential track to win this game. Uh, but you know, that's hard to rely on. Uh, so I would never take the jets at this spot. It would be either Patriots or pass, but uh, I, you know, it, it's just, I, I think the market really does not like the, Patriots team because and when we saw the money come in on the Colts with Sam Ellinger a couple of weeks ago and I you know Hitman was on it I told him I didn't like that at all I was actually leaning uh, New England and uh, you know I, the market was moving with him so I didn't really understand it so I, I think it's just because some of it's smoke and mirrors but I think when, when we look at when we evaluate these teams like the Patriots and the Titans and even we'll talk about the Vikings and some of the, you know, the Giants these teams that on paper when you look at the underlying metrics they just they should not be winning these games, right? Uh, and winning by margin in, in some some respect. And I think there's some merit in in trying to evaluate: is are there things we're missing that are not necessarily um, 
quantitative uh, are the things would just, you, know, you have a great coaching staff that when you have such a good advantage, um, they put their players in great position. Uh, they are able to create a negative situations for the, for the opponent that maybe you can't quantify. I, I don't know. These are things that are really hard uh, to answer, but these are things that I think we got to look at when we evaluate these games. Cause if you just look at the pure stats, it might not get you to the Patriots a lot of times, but they just overwhelm uh, the opposing quarterbacks that are just not prepared for them uh, because they have such a huge advantage in the coaching um, situation. So, and they've got a great uh, special teams typically. So, those those are uh, some things that are you know not def- or not easy to handicap. But long winded to say that uh, if I were to take this side, it would be New England. But uh, I haven't done anything yet with it. Yeah, I was all over. Patriots on the road minus two and a half against the Jets in that matchup solely because of what we saw last season with how Belichick suffocated Wilson. And like Hitman said, though, as much as they did cover and, and win that football game, of course, that one penalty on that pick six really could have changed the entire dynamic of that game. And it's crazy how, again, all three of us are on the Patriots on the road laying the similar number. And now at home, it's uh, you know not necessarily something we're running to the window to bet. So we'll certainly keep an eye on that game. But moving on from one New York team to the other, the Giants are at home this weekend taking on the Detroit Lions who are coming off a 21-point fourth quarter and a come-from-behind victory against the Chicago Bears. Um, This Giants team, of course, 7-2, but last week against the Texans, while they did cover that spread, um, the Giants were handing them that football game and the Texans did not want to take it for whatever reason that was. Uh, This total opened 46.5, now seeing 45s and 44.5s. The spread is Giants minus four. Open at Giants minus four, but seeing threes across the board, not really a hook anywhere. Uh, we'll start with you here, TA. Uh, Lions, Giants, where are you looking for value? Yeah, I was on the Giants last week, too. I got them late. You know, I, I don't typically like laying number with a team like the Giants, but I thought that um, there was a release on on Houston. They got them from seven to four, and I just – I that was just egregious. I didn't – thought that was just too good of a spot to – too good of a number to not grab the Giants, so I did – but yeah, they they had to hold on at the end. I mean, Houston easily could have covered, could have won, uh, but the Giants did just enough to win. Here is a similar situation, but you know the Lions are a better team than Houston. But you know, the, I think the issue we always talk about with with Detroit is Jared Goff and cold weather. I just looked at uh, the the radar, or the uh, the weather forecast because you always have to do that with the Lions outdoors. And you didn't mention the total coming down. Um, I'm looking at 30 mile an hour uh, gusts of wind uh, at the Meadowlands on Sunday. The sustained winds aren't as bad, more like 15 to 20, but the, the the gusts are pretty big. And so that's an issue with Jared Goff. Like he's just not a good quarterback um, with, you know, windy conditions like that. So that's probably why this total has dropped. I'm surprised that the Lions haven't um, dropped uh, or the, the, the Giants haven't um, uh, uh, become bigger favorites, but, you know, that's something to take a to consideration here as we get closer to Sunday is, you know, take a look at that weather report. You do not, if you're on the lines, you do not want to see uh, heavy winds. But um, so for me, I'm going to pass. I don't have anything on this game right now. Uh, the Lions defense still continues to be horrible. Uh, you know, the Giants could could be one of those games that you just enough to, to cover. But it's just tough laying big numbers with them because, they just don't have that explosive offense outside of Saquon Barkley to really expand leads. And they just want to, you know, they'll sit down at the end of the games and, and it's hard to, 
to get these big, uh, you know, these big covers. So um, nothing for me here, but it will be, you know, keep an eye on that weather report because that's going to be key with, with Jared Goff. Mother nature, <laughs> always, uh, always meddling with our football games. Uh, Hitman talks to me. What are you seeing? I lean towards the Giants. Um, last week, the Lions closed plus three at Chicago, and now you're at the Giants, and it's the same spread. And, I mean, I wasn't running to upgrade Detroit after that game. I mean, you were down 14 points in the fourth quarter, and some pretty fortunate stuff had to happen, including fields throwing arguably the worst pick six of the season for for the Lions to come back in that game. So I thought that this line should have been three and a half. And with it sitting at three – I, I, I do understand. I get what TA says. The Giants are a team I hate to trust to win by margin. And obviously, if you're betting them minus three to win your bet, they got to win by four or more. And it, it's it's a lot to ask for an offense that's as has as little explosiveness as the Giants do. But I think that the Giants are being a little disrespected in market. And trust me, I mean, I've been the I've been one of the leaders at disrespecting them that they're an overrated team with, with as in comparison to their record but it's getting to the point that if you're saying that they're equal to chicago i i just can't agree with that so i, I lean towards the giants yeah no completely understand that that uh game was exciting at least in, uh, in chicago last week but uh i do agree with you there that if you're equating again the giants to the bears while the giants are no super bowl contender though they're seven and two uh i don't think that that's a fair comparison mm-hmm. either Moving on to the next game, we have the Los Angeles Rams headed to New Orleans to take on the Saints. It is looking like Matt Stafford is probable to play on Sunday, so uh, certainly a help for this offense. But, of course, Mr. Cooper Cup is uh, getting surgery and will not be available. The Saints are now three-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is very low, sitting 39, 38-and-a-half. And as TA and I spoke about on day day yesterday, the Rams are dealing with the just – measurable immense amount of injuries on that offensive line. Uh, of course, Stafford without number one receiver is going to be, you know, very, very tough for this team to move the football. They haven't been able to do it without him at all this year. He is their number one guy. So we'll start with you here, Hitman. Uh, no cup who's going to be kind of leading this Rams receiving core, or do you think that they are, you know, set up for another horrible week against the Saints this week? It's funny because I had – a bunch of stuff lined up on why I'm so anti-Rams with how bad Stafford's stats have been without Cooper Cup and all that. And I was telling a lot of partners, I was like, oh, well, we got to bet the Rams under regular season wins when that comes out, and they're just completely done. And, I, I mean, I think they're garbage. But if the market agrees with you, and not just agrees with you, but the market is overreacting to stuff, then you end up being in positions where you're like, well, I probably got to bet the Rams. And I thought that that was, I was thinking that today when Stafford news comes out and that he's practicing. I mean, I took four and a half. I took some four just thinking like, who the hell are the saints to be laying this type of number? I mean, again, I know the Rams have the O-line issues. They have the cups out, all that, but the saints are really decimated in the offensive line. They obviously we know about the Michael Thomas injury. We know about their defense. Marshawn Lattimore has been banged up. They've had so many injuries. And it's just I think that the Saints to, to be asking them to cover this type of margin 
against anybody really. It's too much. So, I mean, I made the game three. So at three and a half, four, which is most of the market right now and a projected really low scoring game where I'm envisioning both offenses probably aren't going to have much success. And especially with, with the saints with this is still a Rams pass rush that has some guys specifically, obviously Aaron Donald and the, the offensive line that they put out last week against the Steelers, it was like a preseason offensive line. So uh, g- give me the Rams. It's going to be ugly, but g- give me the Rams at uh, plus three and a half. Tia, you feel similarly or differently on this one? Yeah, this is a, this is a stay away from me. I mean, I, as you mentioned, the, the Saints have just tons of injuries just all over the board. Uh, they don't even know. I mean, they, they did decide to go with the Andy Dalton, but you could tell there's clearly a confidence <laughs> issue there. Um, you know, he struggled lately. You know, look at the Rams. The problem with the Rams is they might just be checked out at this point. Like the season's over. They know it's over. It, it was already over before the Cooper Cup injury. And now that he's out, like they just may be kind of like, all right, this is this, you know, we're done. And you don't know how those teams will react the next week. So I, I, I know that it's, you know, against the Saints team that probably doesn't deserve to be this level of favorite. Probably the smart play is taking the Rams. I just, I don't, um, I don't know if they care anymore at this point. So I, I'm just going to pass. I, I don't, this is not a game that I have any interest in dealing with a, all the injuries for, for both teams and then dealing with question marks about motivation. It's something that I'm just not, I, I just can't handicap. So I'm going to stay away. Tons of other options on the board. No need to harp on one game. And I agree. This is looking like an ugly game going to happen in new Orleans on Sunday. So uh, looking at a pass on that matchup. But now we are headed to Atlanta, where the Chicago Bears are in town. Of course, the Bears blew that 14-point lead in the fourth quarter last week. The Falcons are seem to have been kind of regressing to the mean, to the Falcons team that everybody expected they would be prior to the season. That passing offense is you know, virtually non-existent. And right now, the line is sitting at Atlanta minus three, three and a half some shops. That total, 49 and a half at most shops. Uh, we'll start with you here, T.A., you finding any value here? Yeah, I've got a, I like the over. Uh, I've got it at 49. I think anything under uh, 50 is fine. Um, I'm just going to ride the, the the Bears wave. I mean, I don't know what else they have to do to get respect from a, a total perspective. But this thing, you can't make some of these totals high enough if you've watched them play. Not only is Justin Fields just dynamic and electric, like he, I mean, he's going to get two to three explosive runs every single game. Um, he's mixing in play action, deep shots. They've got, you know, Claypool now, um, you know, involved in the offense with Cole Komet. So, you know, they're getting these deep shots, uh, um, you know, uh, open down the field. So you're going to continue to see that. You're going to get Justin Fields on turf now uh, against a Falcons defense that, stinks i mean they're 28th overall in epa 29th is success rate against the run atlanta's only faced three top 10 run offenses uh this season the browns and, and then the panthers twice and i mean the panthers as a top 10 run offense is kind of funny but you know they are in there uh and those teams ran for 232 169 and 177 yards in those games almost five yards per carry so this is by far their toughest test um from a quarterback perspective so I think the, the Bears are going to be able to score on them and, and move the ball. 
Um, and from a pace perspective, they're, you know, average NFL team from pace. But I just think there's this explosiveness all over the field there uh, for the Bears now with this newfound offense. And then you look at, you know, the other side of the ball, the Bears defense is worse than uh, worse than the, the Bears offense has been good. I mean, literally the last since they traded Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. So the last three weeks, their EPA per play is 0.336. Number 31 is 0.185. It's almost double the second worst team during this stretch. Like this is historically bad defense that we're looking at with the Bears right now. And they've just got tons of young guys back there uh, on that defense. They have no pass rush at all. Like, I think that Atlanta's going to run all over them, too. And I think even Mariota's going to be able to mix in the deep ball. So, I, you know, I got Corderell Patterson getting another week to get healthy. He's got 10 days now off of that Thursday night game. You know, he's been kind of limited. And so getting him healthy will add some explosiveness. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Um, I'm okay taking taking this over. I know it's two run-heavy teams, but, you know, when when neither defense can stop each other and you've got explosive players on on both offenses, uh, I'm okay taking this over. So, um, you know, we'll, I'll just keep riding <laughs> riding the Bears overs until they tell me otherwise, you know, because they've not only been getting over, they've been getting over by like 15 points. Like it's not even close. And they've been doing it. Think about it. Not only did they do it against a bad Lions defense and, you know, called Miami's defense, you know, below average. I mean, they did it against the number one ranked EPA defense in New England, made them look silly. And against the Cowboys, who are a top five defense, they put up tons of points on those teams. So I don't know why anybody would expect anything different against uh, this bad Atlanta defense. So um, I'm fine with this over here. Yeah, that uh, Bears defense is atrocious. Even after that 67-yard rush from Fields, once once uh, Cairo Santos missed that extra point, I was holding a Bears minus 2.5 ticket. I knew that was over because there was no way in hell that Bears defense was stopping anybody, uh, even that Lions offense. But talk to me right now. Hitman, uh, are you agreeing that the over is a play, or are you looking to find value elsewhere? I like the Bears plus three and a half. Um, speaking when this – helps TA's total. Um, Chicago, over the past four weeks, I remember last week I was saying, well, over the past three weeks, they're the best scoring offense in the NFL. Well, now they've fallen in the rankings. Now after the past four weeks, they're second in the NFL in scoring percentage on their drives. They're scoring on 52% of their drives. Over the past four weeks, what defense is the worst in the NFL at allowing scoring drives? None other than the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Marcus Mariota has been struggling the last two weeks. He's thrown for under six yards per attempt in, in both those games, 31st and EPA per dropback in those weeks. And there's even some talk about, well, Atlanta needs to pull him for Desmond Ritter. So for me, I just thought it was too many points for Atlanta to be laying. And this line was creeping towards two and a half. There was a release that bumped this back up to where you could – get pretty widely available right now. You could get um, even either plus three, even money on Chicago or plus three and a half at minus 120 or so. And I think that's worth a bet. These are two teams I have rated pretty close to equal. They're both garbage defensively, offensively. They're both exceeding expectation, running the heck out of the ball. But I mean, the, the Bears, their offense has been playing even better as of recently. And the Falcons defense has been pretty on par to this Bears defense. So I have them rated close to equal teams and with Atlanta probably having a two 
point home field advantage. Maybe that's even a little generous. I, I thought that plus three and a half at some extra vague, it was worth a bet. It's probably my favorite bet of the week. There you have it from Hitman looking at the Chicago Bears. And we have TA looking at the over in this matchup of two abysmal defenses. But now headed to the four o'clock slate, we have the Denver Broncos hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. As TA and I discussed on day to day yesterday, the Broncos offensive line is beyond banged up. But this Las Vegas Raiders team is just also in a class of their own and not in a good way. They uh, were outcoached by Jeff Saturday last week. They seem to be dead in the water. Uh, total is sitting at 41. The Broncos defense has been great so far. The Broncos are laying two and a half points at some shops, three in others. We'll start with you, Hitman. Any value in this game? I don't got much in it. Um, I think one of the things that's not being talked about, I really haven't seen many people talk about it at all, is, is the offensive line injuries for the Denver Broncos. I mean, last week against a Titans defense that was missing a ton of guys themselves, Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, like three other starters. I think they gave up six sacks and like 18 quarterback hits. Russell Wilson had to take in that game. So, I mean, one thing about the Raiders is they do, as bad as their defense is, they do have two pretty good pass rushers in Jones and Max Crosby at the same time. It's a bad matchup for this Raiders offense just because now without Hunter Renfro and without Darren Waller, you really have only one receiver, and he's going to be covered by Patrick Sertan, you would seemingly think, for this entire game. Obviously, he can still have success because he's a great player himself, but going to be a little bit tougher this week. So it it's not a game I, I got much interest in. It's Honestly, if it's two and a half gun the head, I take Denver. If it's three and a half gun the head, I take the Raiders. So three is probably the right line. Gotcha. TA, what are you thinking? Yeah, my number is almost every week like the Broncos, and it always fails me. So uh, this is similar to that Rams-Saints game. Like you got one team that just has no – I mean, both teams have no hope for the playoffs. And the Raiders, again, it could be a dead team, and they may not be motivated. They've got all you know bickering in the locker room. I, I hate handicapping these situations because – you just have no idea how these teams are going to react. I was on the Broncos in a teaser last week, um, and I actually had their their team total at 17. It, it, you would have thought it was going to hit when they, they scored 10 points pretty quickly, but they just their, their offensive line injuries are just absolutely killing them. And Russell Wilson can't play in the pocket. He can't see. And so, and then they lose Jerry Judy, and, you know, it's just a complete nightmare. So, I mean, if there's one team that can get you right, it's the Raiders defense. But with that, with those offensive line injuries, where again we talked about it yesterday, there's like, I mean, there's they're down to a third string center, and um, they got multiple guys shuffling along the line. I, I just don't want to handicap this, and and I just think it's just like it's a set at three for a reason because I don't think they know, you know, the books know what to do, the market knows what to do with this game. So many question marks. Um, you know, it feels like these unders and Denver games are just too easy because they just keep hitting. But it might be another look, especially with. And, you know, without uh, 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 Renfro and um, and Waller, as Hitman said, you're gonna have Sertain locking up Devonte Adams. And what do they what do they do with it? They just try to run the ball up the middle twenty times. I mean, I think if if you're looking at a prop, not to steal uh, Hitman's expertise here, I think the the Jerry Judy um, rush stats or Jerry Judy um, Josh Jacobs uh, rush prop will be interesting because I think they're just gonna rely on that, and I think they do. They will get a push against the Denver D line, which isn't great against the run. You know, you can run on them. So 
Um, I think they're just kind of going to do a lot of that. So that might be worth a look is, and I think he'll get a lot of volume, but otherwise I don't see much here and I just want to stay away. <laughs> it will certainly be an interesting AFC West showdown happening in Denver. We do not know what to expect, but we will certainly find out. Now headed to one of the more marquee games on the slate, the Minnesota Vikings, of course, going off that huge win in overtime against the Buffalo Bills hosting the Dallas Cowboys coming off that 14 point um they gave they're up 14 points blew that lead and lost that game to the Packers this is a game where the Vikings opened as two point dogs but now it's sitting at one one and a half this total is sitting at 47 and a half at most places we'll start with UTA what do you like in this game yeah, this is this is the game of the week, and this is what everybody is talking about. Like, how can how can uh, the Cowboys be favored over over a, a team that's eight and one? Right? Like, this is just all we're gonna see for an entire week, and you're gonna get all the the guys on uh, on Twitter and on uh, you know the talk shows say, how can this be? This shouldn't you shouldn't be. But I, my numbers have this as Dallas minus two, so I think it's perfectly fair. Um, you know. The Vikings story has been great. I was on the Vikings last week. That was just an awesome game. And again, maybe similar to what I talked about with the Patriots, like some of these teams, like the Titans and Vikings, like they just, it's hard to handicap because they just, they find ways to win. And with the team like the Vikings, they just, when you've got a guy like Justin Jefferson and it's third and 20 or whatever, you could throw it up to him and he can make a play. Like that's tough to model from a, from a handicap perspective. But, you know, I, I just think from an underlying stats perspective that i mean dallas should be favored here I, I think this is absolutely the right side and then when you look at what does um what bothers kirk cousins the most it's pressure you know we know the cowboys can get pressure uh what uh, is the biggest injury uh, potentially of the week and it's christian daraso the left tackle for for minnesota who's been maybe the best left tackle in the nfl this year at least top five he's been awesome he's not allowed to stack he's in concussion protocol if he is out, that's a huge loss against this this edge rush of the Cowboys, and I just think that Dallas is going to be able to score on them and move the ball. Like the 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 Minnesota defense is mediocre; they've feasted on key turnovers. Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith, especially, are are getting interceptions at the right time. So you give them credit for that for making plays, but you know otherwise, without the turnovers, like this is a, a mediocre defense, and so. I think, you know, I think Dallas is rightfully the favorite. And so I haven't taken a side here yet. I want to see what happens with this Darisau uh, injury. If he is out, I almost certainly will be on Dallas. But right now I'm, I'm kind of holding back. But I think this is going to be a great matchup. And, you know, if you believe in the data and the underlying numbers, you'll take Dallas. If you believe in kind of all that other stuff, which is tough to model and it's it's tough to predict. Um, and you'll probably take the Vikings because of their home field advantage, and it's too many points. So, uh, but that's my essentially how I'm breaking it down. What are you feeling here, Hitman? You know, all the talk is about Minnesota. Oh my God, they're so overrated. And yeah, I mean, if you're looking at stupid like pro football talks, power ratings that put them as the number one team in the NFL. Like, yeah, they're, they're overrated, and we know they're not as good as their record because of all the close games they've been winning. But, I mean, we, we've gotten to a point, at least in my opinion, this week in market, they, they might be a little underrated because, I mean, if you're going to get to plus one and a half uh, on Minnesota at home, and we'll all admit that Minnesota is one of the better home field advantages. Like, home field advantage is down throughout the whole league, but 
Minnesota with that crowd noise in that dome, especially when the team's playing well, a, a big game against Dallas off a huge game against Buffalo. You, I mean, you could at least make an argument that home field's worth two and a half. Maybe you want to say two. Whatever you say, you're essentially saying that Dallas is three to three and a half points better than Minnesota on a neutral. And I just can't get there. Are, are they better? Yes, they are the better team in my numbers, but not by the amount of points that the, the market is implying. Um, Dallas's run defense has not been playing well. Obviously, Minnesota has Dalvin Cook. Um, when Dallas does run the ball, Minnesota's run defense has played really well this year. Dak Prescott this year against zone coverage is 29th in the NFL and EPA per drop back. And Minnesota is one of the most zone heavy teams in the NFL. So I, I thought that Minnesota should have been maybe minus one or, or something in this game. So if you're going to give me Minnesota plus one and a half, uh, I'll take it with the Vikings. Gotcha. Yeah. Very interesting game. Certainly again, the marquee matchup on the board, uh, at least during the Sunday slate. So we'll certainly keep an eye on that game. It should be a great one. But moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals headed to Pittsburgh in an AFC North showdown. This is a game where the Bengals actually opened at minus five. And now we're sitting four, four and a half, even a three and a half now just popped up at Caesars. Uh, this total opened at 42, now seeing mostly 41s, some 41 and a half. Start with you, Hitman. You bet anything in this one? Yeah, I, I, I like the Steelers. But I liked it at an earlier number. I think the people that grabbed the five, I think five and a half, five, four and a half, I, I think that was the, the play to make. Uh, I'm still not sold on the Bengals offense without Jamar Chase. Uh, Joe Burrow's had two of his worst passing performances since Chase left the lineup. Now, I know against Carolina, he didn't have to do much. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting some vibes with that Cleveland game. What, what, two weeks ago where they just could not block them and they didn't have the receipt. They didn't have chase to throw the ball to. I'm kind of getting a little bit of vibes with that against Pittsburgh. Um, uh, obviously with TJ Watt back, it's such a huge difference. Like this literally goes from one of the best pass rushes in the league to one of the worst pass rushes in the league without him on the field. So I, I would say lean towards the Steelers, but the numbers gotten away from me a little bit. Certainly looking like it. T.I., what are you thinking in this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of torn. At first, I thought Cincinnati might be the right right side. Um, you know, Pittsburgh coming off that <clears throat> that that win last week, although they weren't really that impressive against the, you know, a Saints team completely battered. But, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I might look at this total, look at the under here. Um, and I think both defenses can – um, can slow down the other uh, the other offense. I, you know, I don't love laying uh, this number with Cincinnati with, uh, with you know Minka Fitzpatrick supposed to be back. That's a that's a big one too to keep a keep an eye on if he is back for sure. He was supposed to be out a few weeks, but sounds like he he might play uh, to add to, to to Watt. But remember, this secondary still isn't very good for for Pittsburgh. So you know, I am a little nervous. I mean, if if Cincinnati was fully healthy feel a lot better about it, but without chase, you know, you lose that explosive element. Uh, but yeah, this, it's going to be hard to block Watt in that defense and they are a top 10 run defense. So you're not going to see a lot of that Joe Mixon the carving up the, <laughs> the run defense like he did against Carolina. So I think this is a low scoring game. So I would look to the total, but uh, haven't done anything yet with it. 
looking at the total or the Steelers in that matchup. And that brings us to Sunday night football and AFC West showdown, the Los Angeles Chargers hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a game where we've been seeing some movement in the market. This opened at Chiefs minus seven, and now it is down all the way to five and a half. We'll start with you, T.A. What do you think kind of sparking this movement, and what do you think of this game? Oh, I didn't even see it move to five and a half. Good. I, I'm on, I got seven earlier today, so glad to see that. Uh, that makes me feel better. Um, and I did that. I took it at seven because I thought that it was right after I saw that the, um, the, the injury report for – uh, Kansas City wasn't looking great from from a wide receiver perspective. Uh, we had Juju Smith-Schuster, who's got he's in concussion protocol. I don't think he'll play. That was a pretty big hit he took last week. I mean, he did not look good, so uh, he'll likely not play. Uh, MVS, I know, he's got an illness. He didn't practice, and then um, they're missing somebody. Oh, Michael Hardman didn't practice after missing last week. So you know, you might be down two or three receivers. Uh, and obviously Mahomes can make anybody look good. And I know they got Kadarius Tony, but you know, you're really hurting that explosiveness from a, uh, from a chief's perspective. So that was one. And then the other was, you know, yesterday, Brandon Staley did mention that both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were expected to start practicing uh, today. And so I wanted to jump ahead of if they did start practicing, I think this, I thought this number would get to about five. So the fact that it's five and a half after they did practice today makes a lot of sense to me. So I just think, you know, fully healthy, if they do end up playing, Williams and, and Keenan Allen just changes the whole complexity of this offense, obviously. And I just think these teams know each other so well. They All they do are play close games. And if you're going to get, uh, you know, above five, five and a half, uh, you know, in L.A., I think you got to take it. And, and the Chiefs have been known to not, you know, cover big numbers a lot of times. Now, I know they did last week, but they needed a couple of missed field goals by Jacksonville and a key third down conversion at the end of the game to, to keep that double digit win. Um, you know, uh, I'm okay taking the Chargers here. Hey, man, what are you saying? Time to bet the Chargers was when TA did at plus seven. Good, good bet, TA. Move on to the next one. I, I have no opinion at current market. Totally understood. No opinion there. And now headed to the final game, the Monday night game in Mexico City, the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers. Right now it is sitting at 49ers minus eight, eight and a half. The total sitting at 43 and a half, mostly across the board. Hitman, starting with you, what do you like in this NFC West showdown? I like San Fran in a teaser in this one. Um Arizona, it's who knows what's going to happen. They're talking about Colt McCoy is not fully healthy right now. Kyler Murray isn't healthy when he does play when he's not 100 percent. He's been terrible throughout his entire career. And I'm not so sure the Niners aren't the best team in the NFC. Um, I mean, I do have Philly power rated above them, but. I mean, just looking at the roster with this Niners team, especially when they get their defense fully healthy a little bit later in the year, I, I think this could be the best team in the NFC. They're just so absolutely loaded with George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell's playing really well for them. So uh, I think that the best teaser look of the week is you get San Fran and you, you tease him with Buffalo. San Fran teased with Buffalo. I love that. T.A., what are you thinking here? Yeah, I mean, there's too many question marks on Arizona. We don't know if it's going to be Colt McCoy or Kyler Murray or both might be out. So, um, you know, I would wait. Like, I actually think if if it's Colt McCoy, 
that line, maybe that jumps a point. Um, I actually think Colt McCoy is pretty good. Like we talked about it yesterday. He's he's been a top ten quarterback when you look at EPA per drop back since the beginning of last year. And he's made four or five starts. Like he's been he's been so steady and you kind of know what you're gonna get. He's not gonna make mistakes. He gets the ball out quick. So I think it negates a little bit of that pass rush. And so like I would almost wait to see if he is announced in and then if you can get a better number, go ahead with that. I mean, I'd rather have if you're giving me Colt McCoy at nine or Kyler Murray at, you know, six, let's say, or five and a half. Like I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking Colt McCoy with the nine all day if I have that option. But I'm not sure I would get that low with Kyler, but in that ballpark. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, I saw that Marquise Brown might end up uh, playing this week, which would be a huge boost. Uh, I'm, I think the, the Niners defense is good. I think it's slightly overrated just because they haven't faced a ton of great offenses. We saw what Mahomes did to them. Uh, Mahomes had actually, he might've had the single best EPA game uh, of any quarterback in, in the NFL this year. And it was against this Niners defense. So, um, you know, they're still banged up on the D line. So I think you can, you can actually do some things against them. Uh, it's just, it's such a mismatch between the O line for Arizona right now and that D line, uh, even at partial, uh, full partial strength that it, it's hard to feel comfortable with it. But like, I would look either in a teaser, like, like, uh, Hitman said, or I would, uh, you know, wait to see if McCoy is announced in and you can get a better number with Arizona. Certainly. So that does it for edge rush as every single game on the week 11 board broken down TA any closing thoughts. No, just uh, I guess this is a, last week was an injury week, and and this week it's a weather week. So get your get your Doppler radars out and uh, track track all these storms going on. Hitman, any closing thoughts? <laughs> monitor the weather, monitor the injuries. Those are some of the best bets you'll get all year. There you have it. Weather and injuries. Stay up to date on that. For myself, Hitman, and. TA, we'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Please rate, subscribe, and review. It's the best way to help grow our show. From everybody at the Hammer Betting Network, we appreciate you listening and tuning in. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you guys next week.